Welcome to Illicit Liaisons, where each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the naughty of romance fiction. I'm Jenna Hart, your host. I am a romance author and an avid romance reader, and I'm also the owner of SwoonworthyHEA.com, a new online community for hopeless romantics like me to come and talk about romance fiction. It's ideal for anybody who likes to read or write romance fiction. You can share your favorite books. You can join a group. You can start a group. We have a monthly giveaway in this month of December 2020. I'm giving away a Kindle plus six months of Kindle Unlimited. So if it sounds like fun, I hope you will come by to swoonworthyhea.com and become a member. It's free to join and a great place to come talk about your favorite romance books. Or if you're a romance author, it's a great place to come and meet potential readers. So this week, I had thought that I would do a show on some of the upcoming romance books that were going to be turned into movies. This idea came from when I was doing the show on Great Gifts for the Holidays, and I came across Passion Flicks, a streaming channel for romance fiction. And I was really excited about that. It has lots of movies that were once in the theater or that you could get on DVD, but it is also making its own original movies from romance novels. And I wanted to watch some of them, and then do a show on it. But not only did I not have time to watch the shows, many of the books I hadn't even read yet. I do recognize many of the authors, particularly because book bloggers often are talking about them. So I am eager to read the book and see the show or the movie. But with the holidays, even during a pandemic, things have been pretty busy and I haven't had time to do that. I did want to do a show by the end of the year on my favorite books of 2020, but I wanted to wait till next week. So the question was, what was I going to talk about this week? Well, yesterday I was talking to my daughter and she and I are both reading a lot of rom-coms this year because in the middle of the pandemic, love and humor is very much needed. And I had given her a couple of books that I read that I enjoyed and we were talking about one of them. And often we talk about the bits that we didn't really like about the book, as well as the bits we we did like. And she surprised me by saying some things about the male protagonist that surprised me because I hadn't remembered the situation happening or I had this vague idea of it, but my reaction to it was much different than hers was. I was much more negative on the woman than on the man in the book. And it made me think about things that I remember in the books I read. Because a lot of times in the course of doing this show the last couple of months, when I'll go to describe a book that I really enjoyed, a lot of times I cannot actually remember the details if it's something that I read a long time ago. But there are very specific and vivid scenes that I remember because they stood out to me. One of my favorite scenes and the things that can always make or break a book for me is the grand gesture. Now in a romance book, the grand gesture is the scene in which one member of the couple, usually the one who messed up the most or had to change the most, makes an overture to the love interest. Now generally a grand gesture happens after something has gone wrong in the relationship and it's gone kablooey and they've broken up and now they've spent some time apart and they're recognizing, no, I want to be with that person. So they go and make this gesture towards them 
admitting their love and they're getting back together. Not all books have a grand gesture in that sense. I've read plenty of books in which there is an overture. There is the final revealing of how they really feel and how they want to be together. But there wasn't necessarily a breakup. A lot of times there's something else, some other conflict that gets in the way of them being together. Um, but it's not that they've broken up or something like that. And I like those too. Anytime there's the moment where one or the other is finally fessing up to how they really feel. I, I really can like those scenes. But for this show, I thought I would go in and really talk about the grand gesture, the the scene where after everything has gone kaplooey, that one of them steps up and is like, you know what, I love you and I want to be with you. Now, when it comes to a grand gesture, they don't have to be grand in the sense of sky writing or something like that. It, this always, when I think of grand gesture, I always think of this show I used to really like to watch uh, in the early 80s uh, called Heart to Heart. I'm a big fan of sleuthing couples, passionate sleuthing couples. It's probably why my Valentine mysteries exist because they are a passionate sleuthing couple. But anyways, in that show, when they showed how they met, Jonathan Hart uh, proposed, they've, they've broken up, she doesn't want to have anything to do with them, and yet this banner unfurls on Tower Bridge in London, asking her to marry him. That's a grand gesture in the sense of being grand. But not all grand gestures have to be huge like that. And sometimes less is more. In fact, it really kind of depends on the character and how they are. If you have a male protagonist, it's usually the male protagonist who is really kind of dark and broody and not very sharing, they're not really going to do a grand gesture like that. But sometimes them just saying that they love the person is a big deal and something to be excited about. For me, my favorites are the ones that cause the most emotional reaction in me, uh, what I would call swoony, something that makes me sigh. So for this show, I thought I would share a couple of books where I really enjoyed the grand gesture and a couple where I didn't enjoy it so much. And I thought I would start with the ones that I didn't enjoy so much and then finish with my favorites or some of my favorites. Now, I do need to let you know here that I will be talking about scenes and books where the couples are coming back together. So it could be a spoiler alert for you if you haven't read the book. So the first book I want to talk about where I was a little bit disappointed in the grand gesture was intercepted by Alexis Martin. Now, when I read the first pages of this book, I was really excited. I liked her style of writing. I enjoyed the character. So I was really eager to get deep into this book. There were several problems I ended up having with this book that I will not go into detail at this point. Overall, I enjoyed the book. I was happy to share it with my daughter, but there were several bits that I had some problems with, but probably the biggest one was the grand gesture. And again, spoiler alert, because I'm going to be telling you what it was. Now, at the time of the book, where we would have what you might call the black moment, the couple ends up splitting because he's a football player out of Denver, who is now returning to his home state of New York to play for a team in his home state. And he wants her to go with him, but she doesn't. And 
it, it's not a bad reason. Her reason is really wanting to get her life together and get herself sorted before she, you know, runs off across the country to be with a man. So I don't have any problem with that. That makes total sense to me. But then she does get her life together and she gets it together in New York. So she does end up leaving Colorado and going to New York. And at some point later, she goes to see him at a practice in New York and she's in the stands and watching and someone who also knows her through him notices her and says something. So this is the grand gesture, right? She has now finally felt she's together. She's gone to see him practice, gone to see him again. This is the moment where they should be coming together. But it intercepted when she's outed as being there, she leaves and goes home. And I didn't understand why she did that, to be honest. I thought she would have been outed and maybe she would have felt a little uncomfortable or unprepared. But, you know, maybe she just wanted to watch incognito and she wasn't going to reveal herself at that point. But the fact that she was revealed to me meant she should have stayed and talked to him. Instead, she leaves. And in the end, he's the one that ends up having to hunt her down, figure out where she's living, and go and get them back together. And that bothered me because I felt like it was on her to make the gesture since she was the reason that they were parted. And she messed up going to the game. I mean, if I were him and she didn't want to come with me, you know, you accept that if somebody doesn't want to be with you. But then when they're at the game and you see that, not the game, at the practice, and you see her there and she leaves, to me, that would have been a message of, I guess she's not interested. So I I was bothered by that one a little bit. I really felt like she should have done more in their Uh, getting back together. That's just me. You might have a different opinion on it. And again, after talking to my daughter about books, I realized that different situations stand out to her than they do to me. So maybe you've read that totally different. And I would love to hear about it. You can go ahead and leave me a message in the comments to kind of let me know what you thought. But that was sort of my feeling about it. I, I, it, it fell flat for me that she didn't do more and try harder with him. The second book where I was a little disappointed in the grand gesture was The Bromance Book Club by Lissa K. Adams. Overall, I really did enjoy this book. I liked that the male protagonist, one of his conflicts was something that was visible. A lot of times the men in romance books, their inner conflict, the thing within them that is causing them trouble is usually something in their psyche. You know, it, it's not something visibly seen. But in this case, he had a, he stuttered. And so not something easily he, he could hide. Now, he is a professional baseball player and he's extremely handsome and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't protect him from people who make fun of him for having the stutter. And in this book, they are already married. It's basically a marriage in trouble book. And he is pretty much kicked out. His wife is is saying she doesn't want to be married anymore. And his friends have formed this club where they read romance books to help them be able to understand women and do things so that they can better connect and show the love to the women in their lives. 
And I, again, I overall, I enjoyed the book. There were several issues. I felt her sister was a little harsh, although their backstory, I guess, really sets that up. But I, I think the wife should have stood up more to the sister in defending her marriage. The husband was doing everything he could to make this marriage work. And she was just mostly giving it lip service, uh, not really trying. And that bothered me a little bit as well. But again, overall, I, I did this book. There's a section in there on going to a craft store and talking about washi tape. And I really like washi tape. I'm, I like planning and using tape and stickers. So that was fun to see. The thing about the Bromance Book Club's grand gesture that I really had high hopes for was that both of them were wanting to make one. Now, remember, he's reading romance books to help him connect with his wife. So he's fully aware of a grand gesture, knows he needs to make one. And so he's doing something. He's supposed to be flying off for training. And instead, he's flying to where his wife has gone uh, because her father is remarrying. But she is also thinking about making a grand gesture too. So there's lots of great possibilities for how this plays out. But in the end, it just sort of fell flat for me. The execution just really wasn't there. And in fact, in some ways, I felt like the ending was a little bit rushed or didn't really have the depth that I would have liked to have seen when the two of them, when he shows up at the wedding and, and they reconcile. So that that was a little bit of a disappointment to me. Again, overall, I did enjoy these books. I wouldn't not recommend them. I mean, I, I wouldn't put them on a list of, you know, do not read these books because there were uh, elements to them that I really did enjoy. But the grand gestures in them did fall short for me. So let me talk about some of the books that I really enjoyed the grand gesture in. And I'm sort of alternating them between more current and older reads. The first one that I want to go to is a Jane Austen book, but you might be surprised to know that it's not Pride and Prejudice. Now, I do like the grand gesture. It's a subtle one in Pride and Prejudice, the moment in which Darcy tells Elizabeth after she's thanking him for fixing the family scandal. And he says to her, surely you know that I did it for you. What a great comment from Darcy. I, I've always liked that. But if I were to pick my favorite grand gesture in Jane Austen books, it's going to be Wentworth's letter to Anne in Persuasion. Now, Persuasion is probably my favorite Jane Austen book. I do like Pride and Prejudice. I do like many of the other ones, but I, Persuasion is a second chance at love. I really like this book. And many people who love Jane Austen as much as I do agree with me and often are putting this book at the top of their list as well. Now, again, this is a second chance at love. Anne and Wentworth fell in love when she was about 19, and her father is a baron, and he didn't have anything to his name, really. He just had good character, and she was persuaded not to marry him because he didn't have any money. And he went off and became a captain in the Navy, and back in those days, when they would 
win over a ship, they got to keep the spoils of war. And so when he comes back, he's quite financially stable. He, he's doing well, whereas Anne's family is really struggling. The problem with Anne is that while she is a very nice, sweet, smart, practical person, her father and her sisters are not. They're spoiled. They're entitled. They're just not very nice people. They end up having to rent out their home. And as it happens, Wentworth's brother-in-law and sister end up renting this home. So Wentworth now comes into her orbit again. Now this book, and there's they've made a couple of movies about it. My favorite version of the movie is the one with Amanda Root playing Anne. Um, I think that was done in the 90s. It's very subtle the way they slowly come together. And Anne doesn't see it. But the more time Wentworth is with her, he looks like he's wooing another woman. And everybody thinks he's wooing another woman, including Anne. But ultimately, he's still in love with Anne. And at the important moment in the book, he overhears Anne talking to a friend of his about how men's love doesn't endure. The other man is saying, is telling her it's not true. It does endure. But she argues that for a woman, it's worse because she doesn't have things like going off to war or going off to work or doing all the things that men do in society in the late 1700s. Whereas a woman is pretty much stuck at home, you know, doing needlecraft or whatever. And so she's saying it's much worse for women. And they all end up leaving. But Wentworth leaves her a letter. And this letter has things like, you pierce my soul. I'm half agony, half hope. And he goes in to tell her that he still loves her that that he has always still loved her. He he admits that maybe he's been kind of a jerk, but his love has always been steadfast. And this letter's online. I will include it in the show notes over at swoonworthyhea.com. If you click on the illicit liaison tab, I will have this letter there because it is the swoonworthiest of swoonworthiest letters. I, I love this letter. So after that, she reads the letter and uh, she her father is hosting a party. She wants to make sure Wentworth knows that he's invited. She runs out and runs into him. And there they are able to come together and they talk. And he like proposes like right then, like at the dinner party, he basically asks her father for her hand in marriage. So... Uh, the letter, though, for me, does it every time. The next book I want to say where I really enjoyed the grand moment or the grand gesture was Beach Read by Emily Henry, which came out this year. Now, I was really excited about this book because it's about two authors who are having terrible cases of writer's block. And she is a romance author and he's like a doom and gloom type author where everybody dies and they end up neighbors on this lake and coming together. It was a really fun read. It is one of my favorites of the year. But one of the things I really love about the grand gesture of this book is how it goes wrong. You know, a lot of times in books, especially romances, 
you know, everything seems to go good and perfect. And it's always sort of fun when you're leading up to something that's going to sound like that, but it doesn't end up being like that. There is a book and gosh darn it, I cannot remember which one it was, but it was a Jennifer Cruzy book where the first time the couple is actually in bed, all sorts of things go wrong. They're breaking lamps and falling out of, of the bed and all sorts of stuff. And it was nice to see that change. And of course, her books are funny. Maybe you, you might even consider them early rom-coms. But th- to me, that was fun because so many times in romances, all those bits seem to go right. Well, in Beach Read, it doesn't necessarily go right for Gus. Now, there are some issues in this book leading up to the grand moment that I do have problems with. I felt like January uh, just cut him off for really no good reason. Um, his ex-girlfriend comes back into the scene, but it's like she walks into this event that she and Gus are having as authors and just her very presence there all of a sudden January is like gone and not wanting to talk to him and won't answer the door and all that stuff when nothing has happened to indicate whether or not he would even want to be with his ex. Of course, he's going to talk to her because it's his ex-wife, but based on what we know about Gus even, it's just hard to imagine that he would be interested in the ex. And it was very difficult for me to accept January just in that moment saying, well, nope, it's over instead of talking to him. I don't know. That part I I didn't like. But Gus goes to make his grand gesture. And one of the things that's fun about this book is he makes fun of romances because that's what she writes. So all through it, he's often making jokes about romances. But here he is. He's about to make a grand gesture. The other thing is, is this grand gesture actually involves something that he made fun about, which is having them happen in the rain, which I think is um, a nod to the notebook. Because you know, in the notebook, when you know, they come together, at least in one part of the movie, it's raining. And it's, you know, it's the one scene, uh, all swoonworthy lovers like. So it's raining, and he's essentially kind of replicating that. And he has music playing, but between the rain and the music, it is like so loud, so she cannot hear what he's saying. So he he's doing everything right, but of course she doesn't really know what's going on because she can't hear it. So I really thought it was sweet of him because he he does have reasons to not believe in love or to feel uh, closed off, and yet he he does this for her, and I just. I really enjoyed that. And and I again, it was hel- partly hilarious because he was trying and it was just going wrong. A third book that I really liked, The Grand Gesture, and I'm going to call it a grand gesture, is In Jane Eyre, another old book by Charlotte Bronte. Now, In Jane Eyre, she has left Thornfield because, as it turns out, the man she loves and the one she was going to marry is actually already married. His wife is mentally ill, and he could have put her in an institution, but he knew that she wouldn't be well taken care of, so she basically has a room. I'm going to tell you it's in the attic, which sounds bad, but, you know, he she's home. There's people looking after her, 
And, you know, she does have some real issues. She tries to set um, his bed on fire while he's in it. But he keeps her there. He feels duty bound to to take care of her. But at the same time, he wants to love Jane and his wife isn't going to get any better. So yeah, he was going to commit bigamy. Jane finds out and she runs off and all these other things start to happen. One of the issues that happens in books like in Bronte books or in Jane Austen books is, you know, the plight for women at that time was very different. Women didn't own property. They couldn't inherit property. And so they were really reliant through marriage to be taken care of. And of course, someone like Jane, who was an orphan, she started working for him to as a governess for his ward. He actually, when she finds out he's married, he, he does ask her to stay with him and be with him kind of as his mistress. But for her, it would be very dangerous because if he decided he didn't want her, she would be ruined and she would have a very difficult time of it. Uh, even she was a teacher. Even getting a teaching job would be difficult if people knew that she had lived with this man in quote unquote sin. So she goes off, but she ends up inheriting some money. She had an uncle who was off in the West Indies or something who died. And finally, the lawyer hunts her down. And now she is independently wealthy. She can do whatever she wants to do. So she goes back to Thornfield because she still loves Edward. Now, one of the things, and this is a little bit of a side, if I could have lunch with Charlotte Bronte would be to ask her, what would happen if when Jane got back to Thornfield, if Mrs. Rochester was still alive? Because when she arrives back, the house has been burnt down and Mrs. Rochester has died and he's um, he's burnt and a um, little bit disabled. But I, I always wonder if what if Jane came back and uh, Mrs. Rochester was still living up in the attic, would she have been willing to live with him in quote unquote sin now that she had her own money. She could do whatever she wanted. Uh, I would be really curious about that, but that's not what happens. So Jane comes back and at first, uh, Rochester, he's a little bit um, blind and he's bitter (laughs) and he's having a hard time of it. And there's a scene in this book where he is asking her about her journey away. and, And she was proposed to, she had a cousin who proposed to her in Sinjin and he he was handsome and he was smart and you know he was all the things that she should have wanted but she didn't he was kind of boring and vanilla I guess and she didn't maybe she didn't want to go off to India on mission work which was what he was saying they would do but Rochester's asking her about him and why she didn't get marry him and she she's teasing him in this section, which I I really like because it basically shows here's this wealthy, he was a dark, brooding, rich, handsome man who, you know, often kind of, I he did love her, but, you know, he had been her boss. And here she was, this teacher, governess that had come into his home, and she would... Uh, stand up to him and banter with him, but never forgot kind of her place. But now things have sort of switched a little bit. And so it's fun to see her tease 
and toy with him until finally she's telling him, you know, that she's back for him and that she loves him. And he at first thinks she's taking pity on him, but, you know, she's able to convince him that no, that that's not the case. So I, I enjoy that scene, though, where there seems to be a switch and now she's teasing him in the way that he used to tease her. And now they're much more equal. They are both there because they want to be and things end up going well. We know that they get married. We know that they at least have a son. He does get some of his eyesight back. So uh, Jane Eyre, I really enjoy that scene. There are several movies of Jane Eyre and all of them are different. I'm trying to think which one would be my favorite for the depiction of that scene. And unfortunately, I'm not remembering who who was in it where that scene really played off really well. It might have been the one with Ruth, Ruth Wilson, but I'm not sure. I will try and look that up and see if I can't find it and include a link to that in the show notes. So I have one more book that I really enjoyed, The Grand Gesture. And this was, again, not necessarily huge in terms of sky writing, but was big for the character that was doing that. And this goes way, 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 way back, not as far as Jane Eyre and Persuasion, but back to the late 80s or early 90s, to the return of Rafe McCade. I think it's the third time in this podcast I'm mentioning this book. I should probably go back and read it again. It is old, so there's probably parts of it that are dated. But Rafe McCade is the typical alpha male bad boy who's returned home successful. He is restoring an old house into an inn or bed and breakfast. And the love interest is Reagan, who is new to town and has an antique shop. In many ways, they're very different. Reagan, the love interest, she's quite refined and they are attracted to each other and Rafe wants to be with her. But Rafe and his brothers have a reputation of being hellraisers in town and all sorts of problems. And even though he's got a brother there now who's a lawyer, I think one is a sheriff, their their reputation through town is still pretty rough and tumble. And Rafe, you know, he isn't a sheriff and he, he isn't a lawyer. He's still very rough around the edges. He likes to go hang out at the bar where bar fights are are not uncommon. So they're in some ways like oil and water. But he he decides that, you know, he wants to win her over. So he needs to do something romantic, which is really not in his nature. I think the first time they are, they sleep together, it's on like an air mattress in the hotel that he's restoring. So, you know, he's not really one in for flowers and all that kind of stuff, but he does the best he can and he reads her a poem. And the scene is hilarious. Uh, him trying to, you know, read this poem and be all romantic. But at the same time, it's very swoony because it is against his nature. And, you know, his attempts to read this poem and him feeling kind of like an idiot for trying to be romantic, his thinking that she probably thinks he's an idiot or not doing it well. It's just a great scene. I really enjoy that. So those are four of some of my favorite grand gesture scenes from books. Of course, I've read tons and tons of books with tons and tons of grand gestures. Uh, so 
it's not all of them, but it's just a couple that really sort of stood out for me because they were just very swoony or there was something fun about it, like in Beach Read, or it just was really nice to uh, see how hard a character had to struggle uh, to against their own nature to get what they wanted. Do you have books where the grand gesture was one that still sticks with you today as being one of the most romantic? I would love to hear about it. Please visit swoonworthyhea.com and click on the illicit liaison tab for the podcast. And you can let me know down in the comments your favorite grand gesture book. I would love to know because grand gestures, I love them. So that's it for this week's show. I do hope you enjoyed it, even though it came together kind of last minute. In the end, working up to the grand gesture is one of my favorite parts of reading a romance. So it felt very appropriate, even if it did feel a little bit thrown together. I hope if you enjoy this show that you will subscribe through your favorite podcast platform, maybe even leave a review. That would be awesome. And again, please visit swoonworthyhea.com where this podcast is hosted. Plus, we have all sorts of other great stuff that goes on there, including our monthly contests. Everything you do at swoonworthyhea.com earns you points that are then used to determine our monthly winners. So please, again, stop by. Joining is free and it will be fun. I promise. Until next time, this is Jenna Hart wishing you peace, love, and happily ever after.